Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that aims to find the smartest celebrity fans in football. Each week, our guests represent the team they've always supported in an epic battle of wits. But who will have been sharp enough to make our end-of-year review and who will be left on the cutting room floor? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. Thanks for joining us on this special edition of the show where we'll look back at some classic encounters and dramatic duels from the past year. Each week, a host of names play on behalf of their club in a contest that sees the winner advance to the next round. In terms of the teams that are represented, we cast our net far and wide from Grimsby Town. We only sing when we're fishing, sing when we're fishing. We only sing when we're fishing. All the way to Schalke FC in the Bundesliga. Blau und weiß, wie lieb ich dich. Blau und weiß, verlass mich nicht. We'll revisit some memorable moments, feature some top guests, and hear from a range of voices. Yeah, always when you talk about this, you know that the players they work really hard. You see sometimes for the club, you can see that. Yeah, okay, always work really hard. So, the thing about Nigel Benny, when he talks, right? When he talks, he end up end up running out of breath. Look at the old Chris Bank. The new one, of course, has no lisp anymore. It sounds more like Nelson Mandela. Hey, get down. Do the chopper. Get down. Do the chopper. Do it. We recently staged an international special that saw England face Scotland. Representing England was a man who'd been responsible for some of the best football songs ever, actor and comedian Keith Allen. on uh, World in Motion. Of course I do. Of course I do. And, and I get a third of it. 
And do they still pay every year? They pay it in per per perpetuity. No, but I, mean, I can leave it to my partner and my children as a pension. Obviously, you always get, you have a right to royalties, but it's, does it still earn for you? Sorry, who are you? Thank you. This is such a great song. It's a brilliant song. <laughs> it's a great song, song isn't it? No, it's, it's a great every song. Two you years, love the lyrics. Every and... two years. I just wonder if uh, it still gets played yes, a lot. Yes, it does. Every two years it goes on lots of compilations. Okay. It's always played on the radio. That and Vindaloo. And it's an earner. In fact, Guy Pratt, who played on... Who was Pink bass Fl player, bass yeah. player of Pink Floyd. He's earned more money off Vindaloo than anything he ever did with Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. That's absolutely true. But New Order aren't big football fans, are they? But how did, how did you get them into... Tony Wilson. That was the big thing. It was okay. his idea. Yeah. There was a guy at the FA... He was Jimmy Bloomfield's nephew. Right. He, he was there, and it was his kind of remit to try and get another England World Cup song. And he was a huge New Order fan. So just out of curiosity, he happened to phone Tony Wilson up and say, would it be possible? Only because they didn't consider anybody else. The England yeah. team didn't want to do it, to be honest with you. And Tony said, yeah, 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 we'll do it. This is brilliant. But none of the guys know anything about football. But I knew them anyway, and I knew yeah. Tony very well. And he knew that I knew about football, so he asked me if I'd write the words for it. Well, help to write the words. Yeah. And that's how it came about. Fantastic. And, and you were at the recording session, and it wasn't the whole team turned up, was it? Just a few turned up? There were six turned up. Waddle was there. Right. Gazza. Um, Barnes? No, no, Steve McMahon, Johnny Barnes, Peter Beardsley, and one other. Gazza. Yeah, but I've just said Gazza. Is it true Gazza was drinking champagne? He drank three bin. bottles of champagne while out I was there. Bin. And that's absolutely true. true but anyway, we were recording yeah. the John Barnes rap. And uh, the first thing that happened was Gazza goes in there and there's a pop cover on the microphone. And the first thing you hear is, What kind of beard orts? You waste niggas here, man. <laughs> well, here we go. So you go for it and you can imagine <laughs> Steve McMahon trying to rap. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> Good Do the God. outtakes still exist? Yeah. Oh, I've got them. I've got oh, them on dad. When me. they die, I'm going to put them out. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, Beardsley, you can imagine, it's just <laughs> appalling. It's appalling. But the best one, who's got just the most incredible phrasing and timing, is Gaza. Well, he does this. He goes, Who look you to read Tim? No, forget the lane. What did he say? <laughs> what? What? So he couldn't use it. So yeah. Barnes, he got the job in the he end. Got the job, got the gig. But and and I've met best. John Barnes a couple of times, and he's not backward in coming forward oh, no, with, with bringing the rap out. He'll do it. I've seen him do it on the tube. I've seen him do it on the tube. Keith Allen there, a man who raised the bar on what a football song should sound like. Another guest who's made a unique contribution to football is astrologer Russell Grant, a patron of so many Middlesex clubs that it was impossible for him to represent just one. It could either be Wildstone, Ashford Town, Middlesex or Stainstown. I'm even patron of the Middlesex County League. Are you? So uh, to, uh, to give me the whole of Middlesex yeah. means that I can become totally, almost like a Rupert Murdoch of non-league. <laughs> Your first job was as a statistician it was. for the Middlesex FA. Yeah. How, did that, how did that come around? 12, 13 years old I was. Well, I wore this very tight-fitting anorak and decided that it was a great thing for me to do to get involved with non-league because my dad used to play for Rystip Town and Rystip Manor. My grandmother and grandfather founded Rystip Manor Football right. Club. It was a whist drive club first and it became a football a club. A whist drive? I, I, do you was. know what? I wish whist drives had taken off as much as football. Well, they did in the 1950s. They were huge. huge. The whist drive. Anyway, 
I was the archivist for the Middlesex FA in the 1960s, and I also founded the first hockey league, which was for Middlesex clubs in the 1960s. I did it all for free. All for free. Like you're doing the show. Exactly like I do this show, just out of love. Now your opposing team captain is Natalie Sawyer, the Queen of Brentford. <laughs> Middlesex side. <laughs> Natalie, do you know what links Russell to Brentford FC? Well, our previous badge. Is that oh, where you're going with this? Yes, yes. Our previous badge. I know. You know. The old badge. Was very instrumental in, in how it all took form and Yes. And then we got that awful insect in oh, the badge at the moment. It's a bee, moment. isn't it? Are you sure it's a bee? Don't, well, we, we need yeah, the bees. We need this. the bees. We do, but it's not a bee. Oh, oh, oh what is it? I think it's more like a wasp. Oh, who needs Don't wasps? You? So you designed the previous Brentford no, FC badge? No, part of it. I part had a call it. from Keith Loring, who was chief executive at the time, and we'd just finished the big Middlesex Sports Awards. Right. And he was there and he came up to me and he basically said, I want to make this badge more local and for all of our fans who come from Staines and Twickenham and Hampton and Hayes mm -hmm. and all over the county. It's the county town, you see, is okay. Brentford of Middlesex. And so I said, well, why don't you stick in the Middlesex coat of arms? And they did. Uh. And he did. Every edition of Glory Hunters sees our guests lay down the gauntlet with this. My club's bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club. They have 30 seconds or thereabouts to tell us why the club they support is bigger than their opponents. They're free to be as creative in their thinking as they wish, as demonstrated by Tim Vine when he tried to convince us that Sutton United are bigger than Everton. Sutton United are bigger than Everton and I'm going to use science. First of all, let's talk about how any football fan thinks about football. It's not objectively, it's subjectively. So let's start off straight away and say, look into my heart and say which club is bigger. Sutton United is bigger in my heart. I cannot even see any trace of Everton in my heart. Sutton United is in my heart because it is 2.4 miles from where I was born. The Everton ground, and I've looked into this, and this is scientific, is 243 miles from where I was born. Therefore, it is smaller in my heart. That's the first thing I would well, say. No, the the second thing I would say is this. All around the world, when you support a team of any type of sport, this is the chant you hear. Club name. Club yeah. name. <laughs> club name. The two-syllable club fits the best and most effective chant in sport. Sutton. Sutton. No, 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 no. Let's no. just try this for a minute. You, bro, I listen to you. You listen to me, please, Mike Parry. Take this on board. I'll try this now with Everton. 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 I can't even do it. Swindon Town supporter Ivo Graham was another guest who didn't let underdog status affect him as he told us why they were bigger than Aston Villa. Aston Villa, as I'm sure Ash will be, quick to point out are a Premier League club with an illustrious history, but what an embarrassment it would be to actually support them. Swindon is a one-club town. It has been, yeah. OK, it's a one-club town. Everyone supports Swindon. You're not dividing your loyalties with Birmingham City, who are better. Um, you get a train to Swindon. It's a short walk to the county ground. You have to get a connecting train to Aston Villa. Um, Aston Villa uh, have never tasted sort of real lower league football. You've never won the League Two title. You've never lost the Johnson's Paint Trophy final. I've watched us do both of those things. Um, they shouldn't even be in the Premier League. They only go, went up because of a, a, a goal that was given to them by Leeds United. Otherwise, they wouldn't, wouldn't have been in the playoffs at all. Another advocate for a lower league team was Josh Widdicombe, who was equally as creative when he argued that Plymouth Argyle were bigger than Chris Akabusi's West Ham. Plymouth is the biggest city in the world 
to have never had a top division team. It's all there for you. Plymouth is a unique team. If I say United to mean West Ham United, everyone thinks I mean Man U. They're not even the biggest United. <laughs> we are the biggest Argyle there is. If I say Argyle, you know what I'm talking about. We're the only team that wears green, apart from Yeovil, but we don't talk about them. Yeah, any other reasons? Yes, West Ham, part of London. There's roads leading to bigger clubs. We're 50 miles away from another league club. There's no one there. There's no one down there. If some Middle Eastern sheikh came in <laughs> with a billion pounds to invest, they would be much wiser to invest it in Plymouth than they would in West Ham, particularly because I've been to that West Ham ground and ours can expand out. It's in a park, we could go to 200,000. That West Ham ground, they can't even fill it to the pitch. <laughs> also, just to be clear, if you go up from West Ham, you don't get to the Highlands. That's not how it works. We're not picking up on that. <laughs>
Bolero sleeve or something like that. Open the end of the season. End of the season where you're there and you're just fighting. I think it's just a shirt, a button-up shirt with maybe a button-down collar and a pleat at the back and a gingham or something like that. Pants and like at school. Like, if you forgot your kit at school, pants That's and vest. That's for the players. No kit. The pants and vest. <laughs> I like the American footballer, the, the Australian rules for, but the very tight shorts and no arms. Lovely, oh, yes. I like that. I like that. That's the summer. That's the summer a kit. sleeveless shirt. Something Moving like that. Moving to winter. A big jumper, a big It's a way of making money. Yes. Because what you're thinking is, well, not just our supporters will buy them, <laughs> the fashionista yeah. will get involved. Yeah, I like that. Eventually, I see 11 different shirts. On oh, the yes. Field. However well you've played all season. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes, very, very striker's good. shirt, goalkeepers. <laughs> goalkeepers have got their own kit. Why shouldn't the strikers yeah. have their own kit? Um, we, someone um, suggested to us on the show I did on a Saturday morning the other day that um, if a goalkeeper goes up for up at the end in the yeah, last couple yeah. of minutes for a corner, he should have a cloak. <laughs> should have a cloak to put on. And what would, did they say? Why they no? Just just because it's. I would say cape rather than cloak. Cape or a cloak? Yeah, you know. Well, one of those old-fashioned like dun dun dun. Yeah, dun, dun, he's going up. Imagine that. Well, wingers should wear cloaks. Central defenders in cloaks. Central defenders should always be poncho. They should always wear a poncho. Bob, Bob, Bob. This is the best idea I've ever heard in my life. Jeff Norcott. Yeah. Cricket should be the national sport. Yeah, I mean. It doesn't seem radical compared to this now, but to a lot of you know talk sport listeners, this is bring the kits in though. This is this is going to seem radical. I think we're messing around pretending that football is the national sport. I think it's changed this year, and the trade. I mean, for, for cricket's had everything this year, isn't it? Last minute winners. Yeah punch-ups outside Bristol nightclub. It's the new football, right? <laughs> and it actually delivers on the product. Now, you look at a lot of football trailers, they make out though you're going to be watching Gladiator 2 when actually you're watching a sequel to The Notebook. <laughs> football is mostly very boring, right? And you get all the drama. Plus, and you look at it's the working man sport because it's cheaper than football now, but you can drink all day. You can stay there all day. You can legitimately be off your face by midday and call it being sociable. How often do you get to do that? I've never seen a cricketer get off a coach with a pair of Dr. Dre Beats headphones, right? <laughs> and for that reason, cricketers are more like the man on the street, yeah. and that's why it should be yeah. our national sport. That's the crowning argument, yes. I did say that just to get Bob on side, because I know how he feels about hate, Dr. Dre hate, Beats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like it. You know, you know, that's, that's the, you know, footballers these days are all headphones, isn't it? Yeah, yeah that's, that's that, it. Isn't it. And I know for a fact... I've seen them also on their mobile phones, and I think, I've been where you are, I've stood where you are, there is no reception. <laughs> <laughs> You're just doing that, so you don't have to talk to other human beings. I yeah. like the headphones bit, Jeff. I think football will always be our national sport, because everybody likes it. Absolutely, but, but, but this year of, of all years, look at what look, the Ashes and the yeah, Cricket World Cup. But we're, we're, Jeff, will you tell me it. a year when football provided anything close to that for the nation's sporting diet? James Brown. No. All sport is ruined by timekeeping. Well, timekeeping and rules and any structure. This is what sport is built on, and it just ruins it. It absolutely ruins it. There is no reason why. A, a, a football match should end when the referee blows his whistle. There is no reason at all. They could keep going like we did as kids. You kept going and going and going and going until your school uniform was ruined. You were called in. You were dragged in. It just ruins it. Kit makes players lazy. The rules around kit. People should just show up. You're wearing blue. You're wearing white. And then see what they come with. It means they have to plan for the game. It takes the spontaneity out of it. 
Also, pitch size. So it's not just timekeeping. It's anything to do with regulation and structure. If all pitches were however they wanted them to be, like when you play amateur football and you show up and there's a wall. I played once where there's a you could see bricks on the goal line. You know, it's just too formulaic. Timekeeping, structure, it just ruins sport. When football was first invented and villages punched each other in the face to get a ball into the net, much like Millwall, you <laughs> could, and Leeds, you could, you know, we still, our clubs are still at the heart of what, of what original football was about. Nobody said you've got to stop because 90 minutes has finished. Nobody said that. It just kept going and going and going until the last drops of blood and adrenaline were spent and then they were the winners. Get rid of timekeeping in football. Natalie Sawyer, you think there should be a transfer window, but for fans. I do, yes. Simon Jordan, a regular on TalkSport, obviously, repeatedly tells us that football is the only industry where you can keep serving up rubbish week in <laughs> and week out, and yet the fans, the customers, still keep coming back for more. And I think a transfer window then will allow some fans to take stock, to sort of sit back and think, do I really want to support this shower that I'm witnessing right now? So they, they can decide within this transfer window, should I stick or should I twist? Mm. And if they decide to move to another club, then they have to stick with that other club for the time being until mm. that transfer window reopens. So it's up to them. It's a roll of the dice. It's risky because yeah. they might move to another club and it might not work out. It could well backfire. We all know that nobody stays in the same job for their lifetime. So why should fans be expected to stay in the same place if they feel that they're being neglected or starved of success? And why not give them the choice of the transfer window? I don't think they should have the choice, Natalie, no, because I've had to live a life supporting one rubbish football team. And if I've had to have the misery, so should everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Can I ask you, Natalie, who would you transfer to yourself? Well, yes. I, mean, I, I mean, obviously things are going well at Brentford, so I wouldn't need to. Um, but I certainly wouldn't move to any other West London club, notably QPR or Fulham. Oh. I'd steer, steer clear of those. But where guys. would you go? I think it's a terrible I idea. Know. I think it's a horrible idea, Natalie. Oh. I really hate it because I think once you've got your club, that's it. And you stick with it. And people who change clubs, I think they are the worst people. The thing yeah, is, the, the fans people. are the only constant left in football because people move their grounds, they change yeah. their sponsors, they change their pit, they change their players, they, they can even change their name, they can change their mascot, they can change absolutely everything except the fans. The day that you change the fans and everything's fluid and then football, it doesn't matter who you support, you just support football. Some previous glory hunters there with a unique take on things in sporting heretics. May God have mercy upon their soul. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Finding your perfect home was hard. 
But thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I've been rocking and rolling ever since I left school. Okay. <laughs> you ever seen him live, Anthony? You ever seen him live? Yeah. They are the best ever band live. Okay, Justin so here we go. Well, no, not Justin Bieber. No, I don't think I did a song. Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. Gertrude. Gertrude. From TalkSport, this is Glory Hunters, the podcast, where today we're revisiting some classic encounters and memorable matches from the season so far. One of which was an international special that saw England, represented by James Brown and Keith Allen, face Scotland in the shape of Natalie Sawyer and Dougie Anderson, a fixture that conjured images of previous home internationals, people invading the pitch at Wembley, men with long hair sitting astride the goalposts and policemen with Alsatians trying to stop them. It was an episode awash with nostalgia where we travelled back to two landmark years for both nations. For England, it was 1986 and this. And has to his left and Valdano to his left. He doesn't, he won't need any of them. Oh, you have to say that's magnificent. There is no debate about that goal. That was just pure football genius. That was Maradona's second goal in the quarterfinal and it spelt the end of England's 1986 World Cup campaign in Mexico. But what else do you remember of that year? What else do you remember of 1986? Here we go. Question one. That strike by Maradona was voted goal of the century in a FIFA poll. But which goal was voted the second best of the 20th century? Was it A, Michael Owens against Argentina in 1998? Beckham now to Owen. And here's another Owen run. He's going to worry them again. It's a great run by Michael Owen. And he might finish it off. Or was it B, Maradona's against Belgium in 1986? Maradona. Going at them again. Brilliant run by Maradona. Fantastic goal. Unbelievable. World class in the best sense of the phrase. Or was it Carlos Alberto's goal for Brazil against Italy in 1970? Oh, that's not a bad ball for Pelé on the right side. It's Carlos Alberto. And what a great goal that one! So which goal was voted the second best of the 20th century? Michael Owens against Argentina, Maradona's against Belgium in 1986, or Carlos Alberto's goal for Brazil in uh, 1970? Uh, I think Brazil. Yeah, 70. I'll go with you. Going to go with Carlos Alberto, Alberto, goal for Brazil against Italy in 1970. The answer was Michael Owens against Argentina in 1998. Question two. England's campaign started with such optimism when the squad released this single before the tournament. We've got the whole world 
you name which band that drummer went on to join? Oh, no, I can't. Go on, Keith. <laughs> no, no, I can't. <laughs> that, that isn't that what you thought you knew. I was just brilliant inside knowledge then. I'm going to guess and see in your back again. <laughs> <laughs> there was never a drummer in the hip factory. That's oh, right. What a shame. Just here we machined. are. Okay, here we go. Can you tell me where the single We've Got the Whole World at Our Feet peaked in the charts? Was it A, 46, B, 56, or C, 66? God. I don't think it's 66. Um, I've got a feeling it didn't even chart, to be honest. I think this might be a trick question. I will go. Let's go for the middle one. 56 is in the middle there. 46, 56, 66. Yeah, let's go for 56. 56. It was 66, unfortunately, and many saw it as a lucky omen. Of course they did. So no points so far. Question three. 1986 was also the year of this. The Soviet people have had enough of this accident. They want us to clean it up, and we have entrusted you with this serious task. Because of the nature of the working area, you will each have no more than 90 seconds to solve this problem. Listen carefully to each of my instructions, and do exactly as you have been told. This is for your own safety and the safety of your comrades. The Chernobyl nuclear explosion saw the Soviet regime go into overdrive to try to downplay the disaster. But can you tell me how much longer is the region expected to be contaminated for? Is it A, 1,000 years, B, 2,000 years, or C, 3,000 years? 1,000, 2,000, or 3,000 years? Chernobyl. Whoa. Can't be 1,000. That's Pot Talbot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's not really about the year 1986, is it? Well, it's about the year 2,986. <laughs> well, or 3,000. It, it happened in 1986, so. OK. Post oh. that. How long post that? I, I would, they be, in, in how long everything time ago we are finally wrong. clean yes. of the 1986 right. explosion? Everything that you've done is wrong, so I'm going for 3,000 years. Yeah, 3,000 years, and you're right to go 3,000 oh. years. Congratulations. So you've got one goal there, which takes you to 12 goals. Natalie and Dougie, more World Cup memories with this. Gemmel. Good play by Gemmel, and again. Brilliant individual goal by this hard little professional has put Scotland in dreamland. Archie Gemmell's goal against Holland was the high point of Scotland's 1978 World Cup campaign, which saw them beat the Dutch, draw with Iran and lose against Peru, a period which most Scottish fans now refer to as the good old days. <laughs> but what else do you remember of that year? First question. Before a ball had been kicked, Scotland was gripped by World Cup fever. But which of the following bands wore the Scotland kit when they performed at the Glasgow Apollo prior to the tournament? Was it A? That's ABBA. Or was it B? ACDC, or perhaps... Which band wore the Scotland kit when they performed at the Glasgow Apollo? ABBA, ACDC or Boney M? Well, do you know what? Can I go back to the Archie Gemmell goal? Of course. Just for a second. And it was you know, yeah. one of the great World Cup goals. Also features 
in a film that Keith was in, in Chainspotting. It's there, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it is there you know, as well. I've never felt that good since Archie Gemmell scored against Argentina in 78. This will be a good podcast for you, I think. Dougie. Um, well, you know, always trying to find avenues. Football matches in films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's quite niche. It's quite niche. In the background in films. Talkie yeah. United are in one scene yeah, or something. Uh, no, they're in uh, Zulu. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Fans of them. Yeovil fans. <laughs> They've got a great, great base section, but no top ten was that for sure. Do you remember when Torquay scored that third goal? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, ACDC, interesting band. People go, a great Australian rock band. But in many ways, are the the biggest selling ever Scottish band because mm. Bon Scott was born in Currymuir, mm. then moved to Western Australia to Perth. The Young Brothers, of course, were Glaswegians. Um, they moved to Australia, I think, to Melbourne when they're about nine or ten. And yeah, they donned that iconic, beautiful Scotland strip with the diamonds going down the side of the Whoa. sleeves. Well, perhaps the greatest Scottish strip of all time. Although I do love the eighty-two one. Um, so they did put the tops on, played at the Glasgow Apollo. Played at the, the, the famous Glasgow Apollo. You don't, need, you, don't, you don't need to tell Natalie's granny about the Glasgow Apollo. <laughs> no, of course she. You know? I mean, she was probably there that night. Yeah. I, well, she would have she been, been saying in her finest Scottish she accent. You know what? I do love the Glasgow Apollo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know what would be brilliant what? if you were to say, well, actually, what happened was uh, ACDC were actually playing at Hampden Park and Boney End. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that yes. would have been good. <laughs> Let's find out what the answer was. Of course it was ACDC. Fantastic question two. Scotland may have struggled to make a dent on the tournament, but Andy Cameron had a hit on his hands with this. <laughs> I like the way you said Scotland may have struggled. Scotland definitely did, struggled. They lost to Peru, yeah. Uh, but where did Ali's army get in the charts? Was it number four, number five, or number six? Okay, well, Natalie, I'm guessing from that multiple choice, I'm guessing it was a top ten. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, see, the great thing about that single was, and I think all great football singles should be that way. It doesn't matter how bad you are, you should sing about how we are totally going to win this thing. Yeah. We're going to batter the Italians, the French, the Dutch, whatever, you know, even, even though it's not going to happen. Um, what were the chart positions again? Four, five or six. Oh, four, five or six, Natalie. Well, I mean... Did that tune exist as a football chant before no, no, Ali's was, Army? No, 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 it was, it was an original cause, cause tune. Even at Torquay we sing yeah. now, Torquay now, well, are the greatest football team. Yeah, it is oh. ubiquitous now, isn't it? It's just everyone, everyone, you know, we're going yeah. to wherever it may be. What? That yeah. tune? People actually sing still, along yeah, to that chant, tune. Yeah. Chant, 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 yeah. No. Yeah. Not, not to the Scotland that. You know, we're on the march with yeah, yeah. Dixie's army, you know, Does, whatever it might be. Sorry, do I don't know why I've adopted a South, <laughs> South London accent. <laughs> and also, who's Dixie's uh, army? Dixie's you know, Midnight yeah. Runners. Can I, can I just say one other thing? You know how a lot, like Billy Ray Cyrus's Achy Breaky Heart, oh, yeah. the melody is now, it's now, you know, White Stripes, Seven Nation Army is now dum, a, you know, it's, dum, it's dum, a chant, dum, isn't it? Dum, this, dum. For years I've wondered why the, and this really would be more for perhaps Aston Villa, West Brom, the Midland Clubs, why the theme tune to It Ain't Half Hot Mum hasn't been adopted? Because <laughs> I could... 
Mate, a boss cause a gang of the gang, the boss to enter. Oh, yeah, it'd be lovely, it's wouldn't just, it? It sounds like it Mate should be a tent. The boys to entertain It just seems it should be a chant. You've Me. been working on that. It'd all be lovely, lovely yeah. Of you have. The tips are here. What are we going for? Number four, number five, or number six? Wow, what do you think? I mean, was it a. I mean, how big a hit was it in your home? I don't know. I, I was barely born at the time, but I'm guessing father liked it. Um, <laughs> I, I think number five. Let's go oh, middle. I like middle. Yeah. Number five. five yeah. It's number six. Oh. Bad news. Oh, Question no, three. 1978 saw Nottingham Forest crowned first division champions in their first season back in the top flight since 1972. It marked a run of trophies for manager Brian Clough. But can you tell me which footballer is this? Doing an impression of Cluffy. Hey, young man, remember a little word in your ear? Yeah. <laughs> young Steve, my new signing, got some, some money, but, hey, but I like the young man. I bought him to get the balls in the box because, you know, that's his game. And I'll get my son Nigel back if he has to, you know what I mean? If you don't shoot, you don't score. If you don't buy a rabbit ticket, you don't win the Major bants there, but can you tell me which footballer was it doing an impression of Cluffy? Was it A, Paul Merson, B, Neil Ruddock, C, Steve Claridge? They found that so incredibly funny. They would probably <laughs> combust if they watched uh, an episode of a lower low. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know Merson, I, Ruddock or Claridge? Do you know, just on the subject of Nottingham Forest, I'll, oh. tell, you, I'll tell you another great film, is I Believe in Miracles, that documentary film about that period in time for Nottingham Forest yeah. when they were winning back-to-back -back or back-to-back -back European Cups yeah. and league titles. It's a great film. Um, is Keith it, in it? <laughs> he's in not. He's not, and I'll be honest with you, it's, it's no nuns on the run, but it's OK. Lesser for it. Well, Razor Ruddock, he, he, he likes to think of himself as a bit of a Jack the Lad funny lad, but... I think we would have detected not, a bit of... Yeah. And I didn't Paul Merson, I, I didn't... Who was the other one? Paul Merson? Steve, Steve Claridge, the third one. Do you think that, that impression sounded like they had the socks well, around their well, ankles? Steve, I'm the new Mike Yarwood Claridge. Mm. <laughs> this is me. Gosh, well, I definitely, obviously, I think we're ruling out Ruddock. Come on, then. No, Paul Merson, Neil Ruddock, Natalie, Steve Claridge. For the sake of our beloved Caledonia. Yes. Indeed. Who are you going to choose? I don't... Oh. Oh. Let's do Ruddock. Let's go Ruddock. Maybe, right, maybe, we'll go let's, Ruddock. maybe okay, let's, in the let's do that, then. We'll go with Neil Ruddock. Come with Neil Ruddock. The answer... Is Neil Ruddock. Oh. Scotland went on to win that match, their first victory over England in a competitive match since 1999. Could this herald a resurgent Scotland back on the world stage? If it does, I'd like to think we at Glory Hunters played a small part. This is the Glory Hunters podcast in association with Monty Panasar Loft Conversions. Don't get in a spin, put a V-Lux in. Oh, Monty Panasar! <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that the magic of the cup, the fact that big teams can play nearly amateur teams, is actually that magic. It happens in no other sport. No. No one's got a boxing cup, have they? Where they've got kind of like Tyson Fury up against some 12-year-old who got some gloves for Christmas. <laughs> it would be brutal, wouldn't it? Is it, you know, like Tim Henman's up against somebody, you know, who's... Come on, Tim. What I'm trying to say is, for some reason in football, we consider chronic mismatches to be romantic. And in every other sport, it's a humiliation that should never happen again. Today we're serving up a warm buffet of meaty bites from the past year. Essentially, it's a clip show, but one with a message, and that is, 
maybe we need to get things into perspective. And who better to convey that message than Bob Mills? If you told someone that when you were young you got married and you maybe had a kid, but it didn't work out and you very amicably split up and, and, and you moved on and you now have another family and, and you love them and, and you've got kids there, people will accept that. We all know people whose lives that is and we all accept But if you say, yeah, I used to be a season ticket one, but... I support this other team now. You, well, then you're scum. And you <laughs> now, Bob isn't only known on the show for his sage wisdom, he's held in very high esteem for his encyclopedic knowledge of an early 90s TV show. I'm going to list a number of names from the TV show Gladiators. <laughs> oh, no. I, I need you to tell it. me which are true or false. Oh, when your time is up, you'll hear this sound. Louis from Gars Army! Are we ready? Your time starts now. Saracen. True. Tis true. Amazon. True. Tis true. Rocket Man. False. Tis false. Razzle. False. Tis false. Vulcan. True. True. Tuppany Nudger. False. Tis false. <laughs> Xanadu. False. Tis false. Rio. True. Tis true. Laser Quest. False. Tis false. Zodiac. True. Tis true. Fiesta. False. Tis false. Trojan. True. Tis true. Colonic. False. Tis false. <laughs> Apollo. False. It is false. Bullet. True. It is true. The Baron. False. It is false. Diesel. True. It is true. Chaos. False. It is false. The Woodsman. False. It is false. Rebel. True. It is true. Siren. True. It is true. Louis from Gars Army. Unbelievable. We got them all right. I know the gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan. I work with a, a lot of the gladiators. I, mean, no. I don't know the gladiators, but I think I would have got Colonic. Colonic <laughs> was funny. Another man of many talents is Terry Alderton, someone who's able to double up on his raft of brilliant impressions. The thing about Nigel Bennett, when he talks, right, when he talks, he end up, end up running out of breath. This is the old Chris Bank. The new one, of course, has no lisp anymore. And sounds more like Nelson Mandela. I've seen you do something where you do David Attenborough yes. and it turns into yes. someone else. Can well, you, the thing can you do about that for David us? is he's so slow these days. But if you make him angry and you give him some fireworks and put him on the Shire, <laughs> he turns into McLennan. <laughs> and then goes very, very back good. to David. The governor of Sporting Impressions, however, is Darren Farley, who joined Will Meller and German comedian Christian Schulte-Lowe on the show. Favourite impression? to do is Harry Redknapp I love doing Harry Redknapp give us a bit, little bit yeah yeah were you were you he was absolutely fantastic he's a terrific play were you he's absolutely fantastic he's a he's a breath of fresh air he really he's absolutely terrific fantastic yeah yeah it was a very poor performance all over the place in the season but so far position the questions and everything going on there I don't know what was going on the season but no look at that and that position was all over the place Rafa Benitez, you'd probably say, is one of the tougher characters to do. Yeah, always when you talk about this, you know that the players, they work really hard. And you see for, sometimes for the club, you can see that, yeah, okay, always you work really hard. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, can see, so. <laughs> That's incredible, that's fantastic. Thank you. Will, got any impressions? Hey, get down, do the chopper, get down. Get the chopper, do it. Now we have to say that that wasn't me. Now. No, no. <laughs> so, by the way, that Schwarzenegger... That was Sylvester so Stallone, by the way. Christian, got anything? Got when Schwarzenegger was on Leno, I can only recommend that video when he was on Leno's talk show. Leno said, I heard that you are an avid skier. 
and then Schwarzenegger said, what do you mean, I'm an average skier? Average skier. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hear Harry Kane. Uh, yeah, obviously, uh, it's, uh, it's been a great season. I think that obviously we need to score a goal, that's important. Uh, but yeah, listen, we've got great players who, who can score goals as well, but uh, it's not all down to me. We've got to see the other players who have got it. Yeah, obviously. You must have a good Roy. Well, of course, obviously, very good to play. We have to play a very good performance, but of course, we've got to play very well. I think we struggled. We struggled in one particular area today, the pitch. But, you know, <laughs> Over the years, Man United and Arsenal have been at the centre of some epic encounters and that tradition continued when the two teams met on Glory Hunters. Now, this was a fixture filled with tension and last-minute drama. Representing Man United were Will Meller and Andrew Ryan, whilst Natalie Sawyer and Jake Wood were on Arsenal duty. In the dying moments of the game, we move now into injury time, where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible. Losing side goes first, which by one goal is currently Arsenal. Jake right. and Natalie, yeah. here we go. I'm going to list a series of figures from the world of sport and the reality TV shows they've appeared in. All you've got to do is tell me which are true and which are false. When your time is up, you'll hear this sound. I don't comment on that. Do I need to say it again? Do you understand what you've got to do? Yes. Okay, true or false. Your time starts now. John Fashionu, come dine with me. True. It is true. Jimmy Bullard, first date. False. It is false. David Seaman, dancing on ice. True. true. It is true. Robbie Savage, SAS, who dares wins. False. It is false. Peter Schmeichel, strictly come dancing. False. It's true. Joey Barton, flog it. False. It is false. Willie Thorne, the real full Monty. True. False. No, false. It's true. Martina Navratilova, I'm a celebrity. True. It's true. Sean Dyche, naked attraction. False. <laughs> it is false. Carlton Palmer, hunted. True. It's false. Sam Allardyce, celebrity apprentice. False. It's true. Conor McGregor, escaped to the chateau. False. It's false. Lee Sharp, Love Island. False. True. True. It's true. true. Danny Mills, celebrity border force. True. It's false. <laughs> Darren Goff, naked jungle. False. It's false. Bruce Grobelar, Hell's Kitchen. True. It's true. Roy Keane, cash in the attic. False. It's I false. don't comment on that. Do I need to say it again? So, well, you did very, very well. At the end of that round, you got 12, which takes you to 37 goals, which means, Man United, you need 11 to draw, 12 to win, and I'm going to list a series of football teams from around the world. I need you to tell me which are true and which are false. When your time is up, you will hear this sound. Louis van Gaal's army! So you need 12 to win. Are we ready? Your time starts now, Deportivo Moron. False. It's true. Naughty Boys. False. It's true. Funky Moped. False. false. It is false. Cape Coast Mysterious Ibusa Dwarfs. True. It is true. Love Ham. False. It's true. Tuppany Nudgers. False. It is false. Golden Bush. True. It's true. Tenpole Tudor. False. It is false. Joe Public. False. It's true. Inter Godfathers. False. It's true. El Baroni. True. It's false. Outcast FC. True. It's true. Club Scaramanga. False. It is false. Barrack Young Controllers. True. It's true. The Summer Isle Torches. True. It's false. Big Bullets FC. True. It's true. Tottenham Hotspur. True. It's true. Always ready. 
False. It's true. Universal Exports. True. It's false. <laughs> Club the Strongest. False. Well, it's true. No! Sugar Boys. True. It's true. Louis Vuitton. Oh, that was close. Oh. That was close. At the end of that round, you scored 11 goals, which makes it absolute draw. Honours oh, even. Oh, it's unreal. Oh, Absolute right. incredible scenes here at Glory Hunters. Nobody knows what happens except me. I know what happens. Right. So in the event of a draw, we go to my team, which is Talk United. And I'm going to ask you what the attendance was at the last home game that Talk United played in, which was Talk United v Stockport in the National League. The last time we played at home, I want you to write down what you think the attendance was and then we will see who gets closest. This is in teams. What are you thinking? OK. Yeah? Are you happy with that? We right. have our answer. I could be wrong. We have our answer. OK. Uh, Natalie and Jake, we will come to you first. What, I just turn it round? Just turn it so round and you us, tell me tell and you tell us what you think it is. 3,231. 3,231. <laughs> Man United, Andrew, tell me what you've written down. 2,100. Oh, 2,100. Yeah. 2, oh. It is in between. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> the, actual, the actual attendance was 2,659. Oh, so, Andrew, you said 2,100. Arsenal, Natalie and Jake, you said 3,231. The attendance was... 2,659, which let me just do my maths. Natalie and Jake, you are 572 out. But Will and Andrew, you are 559 out. Yes! You are 12. By 23 people. Get in. By 23 people. A thrilling finale to that fixture and a dramatic end to this platter of tasty radio morsels that are enough to excite the taste buds without leaving you feeling too bloated. To all of our winners, we say... Yes! It's a goal! It's a goal! It's a goal! And to our losers... You boys took a hell of a beating! You boys took a hell of a beating! Until next time from me, Charlie Baker, it's goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>